Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like to welcome all of you that are here today in our sanctuary for our praise and worship service. And for those who are watching us live stream, we welcome you into the hill. Let us go before the Lord in prayer as we open up this praise and worship service. Father God, we just thank you for this awesome and wonderful day. We thank you for blessing us with another day, for this is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father God, we thank you for the man who comes forth today to bring us a right now word, Father God, teaching us, preaching to us, sharing with us what you would have him to share with us right now, Father God. And Father God, we just thank you for all who are our fathers as we celebrate today being Father's Day, Father God, we want to lift up each and every father under the sound of my voice. Now, Father God, that they would be taught to understand their role in not only in their home, but also in the community. Father God, we just ask that you have your way today, Father. Move mightily in this service. We thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And the church says, Amen. If you have something to be thankful for right where you are, I just want you to lift your hand and tell the Lord, thank you. Right where you are, just lift your hand and tell the Lord, thank you. Drug habits, some say they just can't leave. Oh, muggers and robbers, no place seems to be safe. But you've been my protection every step of the way. And I want to say thank you, Oh, oh, oh. 
you're going to do protection, Lord, every hour, keep in my mind, God, in perfect peace, Lord, everybody say thank you, I want to say thank you, I've got to say thank you, everybody say thank you, with one Everybody say thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Everybody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I wanna say thank you, Lord. I wanna say thank you, Lord. I wanna say thank you, Lord. That's your song this morning. Just lift your hands to heaven and just tell the Lord thank you for all that he's done for you and what he continues to do in your life. Lord, I want to say thank you. Say thank you. Oh Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for all. That you just lift your hands and tell it. Say, Lord. that you have the song, come on, open up your mouth and tell him, say it. Say, Lord, I want to say thank you. 
was driving down I-49 on the way here and I just lifted one hand and I said, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Lord, I want to thank you. Yes, I do, God. Oh, But I want to thank you. Hey, thank you for all you've done for me. Everybody say thank you. Thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. I really, really thank you. Thank you. Oh. church called Zion Hill Church family. Thanks to those of you who are here. Thanks to those of you who are listening on radio or watching on television. Those of you who are live streaming with us. 
whether you're local or national or international, we are grateful to all of our friends in UK, in Africa, Philippines. I'm watching you. I'm keeping up with you. I appreciate your support. We are grateful to all of you for joining us one more time. Will you please turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 11. The book of Psalms, chapter 11, verse number 3. Very familiar scripture. The Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another beautiful day. Thank you for this precious nation called USA. Thank you for good weather. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for a God that put love and harmony into the hearts of the people. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this place. I'm always mindful that this is your church. Have your way in this place. Glorify yourself in the house. We just don't want you to visit. Habitate here. This is your show. This is your word. I step back that you may step up. Bless your people. Touch our hearts this morning. Use my tongue as a ready writer for your glory. When it's all said and done. Let your name be magnified in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say happy, happy Father's Day to all of our fathers in the house and those of you watching. We thank God for all of you. Thank you for what you do, the call of God upon your life. Thank you for your faithfulness in the office of being a father. My prayer for you this morning is that God will grant you the desires of your heart. Every time God gives a vision, he makes provision. And I pray that God will supply all of your needs. What you need to do your job, I pray that God will make things happen for you. In the name of Jesus. Will you help me thank God for all of our fathers in this house? Yes. What a blessing. Thank you so much. Amen. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, The Value of a Father. The Value of a Father. In that topic, please take note of two key words. Number one, value. And number two, father. 
I just don't want to be talking without an understanding of what I'm talking about. What does it mean for something to have value? That word value, ladies and gentlemen, it can be used either as a noun or an adverb. So for the purposes of our discussion this morning, we're going to be using that word value as a noun. Value, therefore, means something that is important to you. The value of our things means the worth of that thing. The value of our things means the usefulness of that thing. So today I'm going to be talking about the importance, the value, the worth, the usefulness of our Father. All my is clear? What is the value? of the person in your life called father. Before I get deep in that, I want to define that word father. I guess because I come from a foreign country, I never want to assume that people understand what we're talking about. That word father is an English word, but it's born out of a Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word is called Abba. The meaning of the word Abba means the source of a thing. It means the sustainer of a thing. The word Abba means the foundation of something. Please take note, ladies and gentlemen, that our God is often referred to as Abba. That's the same word. <laughs> you remember when Jesus was asked to teach them how to pray. The first thing that came out of his mouth is to address God as Father. That word Abba was used. Ladies and gentlemen, God is therefore the source, the foundation. In short, God is Abba. Likewise, your father, your natural dad. Isn't that something? The person you call father he is also Abba. It means, ladies and gentlemen, your dad, my dad. If you really want to be deep in your understanding, the Bible says in all of your getting, get understanding. That means your father is actually the source of your family. That doesn't displace God's position. Don't get too deep. <laughs> Your father is the sustainer. He's supposed to sustain the whole family. Your father, ladies and gentlemen, 
is the foundation of the family. To give you an idea of what I'm talking about, that's exactly what God does for every one of us. Please take note, that word, Abba, not only means source, it not only means foundation, it also, it also means sustainer. The Bible put it this way in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3. The Bible was describing God. He said he sustained all things. He uphold all things by his word. Think about it. The Bible is trying to tell you and me that God didn't just create the world and walk away. He sustained what he created. I can stop there and preach. You cannot be a father just to make babies, but you don't sustain what you birth. Ladies and gentlemen, God was faithful in not only being the source of all creation, but he sustained all creation. So I challenge you fathers, whatever came out of you, you are supposed to sustain it. I can close my book and go home. Ladies and gentlemen, so the question is, what is the value of that person we call father in our life? How much does our father worth? How much, how important is our father? We just learned that fathers are source of the family, foundation of the family, sustainer of the family. Let me help our understanding a little more. Why, if the father is the foundation, if God is the foundation, why is David making this statement? Saying, if the foundation is messed up, we all screwed. Just to put it in plain English. If the father of your house is missing, if that foundation is messed up, what can the righteous do? Let me quickly give you a background why David made that statement. See, if you go to, to the history of the Israelites, very familiar story, Israel as a nation had an enemy. Their enemy is called the Philistines. And they've been fighting this enemy for the longest one day, the Philistines showed up again, ready to fight Israel. And you remember they produced a giant by the name Goliath. And Goliath showed up, he's a tall fellow, and just starts screaming at everybody. And he challenged Israel to produce somebody. And whoever win in that contest, in that battle, he or she is winning for their whole nation. Where David was, was delivering some sandwich 
He was just an errand boy. He's not even enrolled in the military. But when he got to the battlefront trying to deliver sandwich to his brother, he noticed the giant. And he noticed this guy's running his mouth. He noticed the giant is cursing the God of Israel. Something rise up inside of him. That's how old Samabai said. A lot of what Christians put up with is a disgrace. Somebody was just talking to me and, and they, they asked this pastor about what's going on. They asked that pastor. He said, I wonder why they didn't ask you. I said, they're no better not to ask me. <laughs> You ought to be able to stand up for what you believe. David couldn't take the insult. You know the story. David asked for the opportunity to go confront the giant. And for the sake of time, David fought the giant and he won. Hallelujah. That's a sermon by itself. Ladies and gentlemen, you can win every battle in your life when you let the Lord be your armor. Jesus. They tried to put some mess on him. And he said, no, they ain't me. This too. <laughs> you ever have seen church people? They do that even to pastor. They put all kinds of, before you realize it, you're so entangled up in, in religion, you can't even breathe. <laughs> There's a spirit of religion in this community, by the way. It grieves the heart of God. David said, no, I can't be wearing this. This ain't me. He went after that giant. He clothed himself with the armor of God, with the glory of God, and he won. Hallelujah. I can tell you, you will always win every battle when you let the Lord fight your battle. The war was over. Everybody is now celebrating. And then the ladies, here come the ladies. Mm -hmm. They always amaze me. Oh, everybody celebrating the victory all over town. People dancing. Sisters shaking their booty. Oh, yes. Good. It was a good day. Waving the flag. But in their singing, here comes the problem. They were saying King Saul, the commander-in-chief, won a thousand. But they said David won tens of thousands. Did you hear that? <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, have you ever been to some churches where the choir just sing the same verse over and over again? You might miss it the first time, but they'll make sure... <laughs> King Saul said, I can't believe what the sisters are saying. You mean this little boy is better than me? I'm the one wearing the crown. I'm the king. I'm the commander-in-chief. The Bible says all of a sudden, King Saul began to hate on, on little David. He got angry. He got jealous. To the extent that he wants to kill David. By the way, children of God, let me warn you, let me school you. 
Just because you are anointed, there are some player haters out there. They're not happy because you hear from God. They're not happy because you're blessed. And they will always come up with some rumors. Have you ever noticed that? They'll start some gossip. Something that don't even make sense. Paul got so hateful to the point he wanted to kill David. And that's when David wrote this, this song here in Psalms 11. Look at verse number one. Basically, everybody is coming to David. Psalm 11, verse 1. Everybody knew what's going on. They were telling David, you better run for your life. You better fly like a bird before you get killed. Notice what David said. David said, I can run all I want, but that's not going to save me. He said, in God is my refuge. I can stop there and preach. Have you ever asked yourself, in who is your own refuge? When the enemies come against you, when folks are poking your nose, when they are asking, the enemy is asking, where is your God? Be, be sure and be very sure, no matter what you're going through, take refuge in God. Did you hear what I said? One psalm put it this way. I believe Psalm 46, verse number one, it said, God is our refuge. How much change that and say, God is my refuge? I don't know what your refuge is. <laughs> you do what you're going to do. God is our strength. Have you ever been in trouble? <laughs> I raise both hands. God is a very present help in time of trouble. Oh, I wish I could hang out with you and get some, some chicken wings and some Diet Coke and just sit down to testify. God has been a very present help to me in every time I'm in trouble. He bailed my behind out. Long before Washington... Come out with a bailout. What do these people know? God will bail you out of trouble. When the enemy thought he's got you by the neck, God will show up and show out. A very present help in time of trouble. You know what I'm trying to suggest to you, brothers and sisters? Make God your refuge. Tell your neighbor I got it. You look at verse number two, the book of Psalms, chapter 11. David is saying, I know the enemy is out there. I know there's a player hater out there. I know he's trying to kill me. I know he has bows and arrows. And I know he's trying to shoot the upright. But in God, I find my refuge. And then he said to you know why that is important? Because sometimes when you as a Christian, when, you, when you're making some decision or you do some things, people wonder, they think you're arrogant. They think you're just full of yourself. Or they think you're just ignorant. 
No, sometimes we do things because we know something. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted on earth. You know, what you know will cause you to be still. When everybody is freaking out, when everybody is pacing the floor in the middle of the night, all what you know will sustain you. David was so sure about what he knows. He said, once I was young, now I'm an old man. Let me school you. Let me testify. He said, I never see the righteous forsaken. I never see his bread beg for bread. Ooh, I tap into that anointing. The day I received that revelation, I've never been broke again. What do you know? See, what you know will sustain you in time of trouble. David said, I don't have to be freaking out because of the enemy trying to kill me. Then David said, I have an, an understanding of what is going on. He said, the problem is this, verse number three. If the foundation is messed up, so what can the righteous do? That's what led to that statement. The same thing is true. If the leadership of a nation is messed up, what can the righteous do? If the leadership of our home is messed up, what can the family do? Now you see how we're going into that statement. Ladies and gentlemen, notice that David likens foundation to that of a building. And you and I know for any building to start, for any building to stand, for any building to last long, you must have what? A strong foundation. The same thing is true with the family. We just told you Abba means foundation. Abba means father. Father means source, sustainer foundation. If that foundation is shaky, the whole family is in trouble. The better the foundation, the stronger the building. If the foundation of a house is no good, the whole house will crumble. It's just a matter of time. I never will forget true story. My wife and I and some of our children were born that time. We were living here in Pineville, Choctaw Drive. And we have to leave the whole building because the foundation cracked. And they told us it's just a matter of time. The whole house will go down. You feel me now? The same thing with families. The father of the house is critical. You have to make sure that the foundation of your family is solid. The question must be asked today, my brother, my sister, is our foundation destroyed? 
As a nation, you have to ask that question. As a family, you have to ask that question. Is the foundation of your family, is the foundation of my family, are they solid or are they being destroyed? Let me tell somebody today, about 40% of all children in America grew up with no father. So you answer the question. Ladies and gentlemen, two out of every five children in the USA today grow up with no father. Two out of five. According to the CDC, Center for Disease Control, kids from fatherless home account for 90% of all homeless and runaway kids. 90%. Why we're singing kumbaya in our little churches, lying to each other. People are going down because the foundation is messed up. 71% of all high school dropouts, they are fatherless. 71%. 63% of all youth who committed suicide, they are children who are fatherless. The data clearly show the role of fathers is very critical, very important in the life of any children. Research shows that children who are attached to their father, they always turn out to be better at solving problems. Who wants to raise a child that can solve problems? Those are children with low self-esteem because there's no father there to, to, to reinforce them, to push them into their destiny. 90,000 students, a study was conducted of 90,000 students to find out what factors in a teenager's life Keep them out of trouble. That's a lot of people to study. You know what they found out? One thing that will keep children, teenagers out of trouble? Father connectedness. Not their peers. You see how people will go into the street and say, let me join this gang. Let me be a, and they will be my father. They will be... That's a lying devil. Your peers cannot do it. Not even mama can do it. Not even church can do it. Not even school can do it. Father connectedness. Fathers are very crucial component of any child's identity. Today, as you well know, our prisons are full of young men. And many times, prison ministry, we ask the question, what is one thing that you think is responsible for why you're here? And they will tell you over and over again, the absence of our father in my life. 
Now you see why the Bible said, fathers, from that Hebrew word, source, sustainer, foundation. And David is asking the question, if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? Part of the problem is that we don't want to admit it, but as a society, we are really in crisis. Many of us, we, we just live through it. Many of us even are part of the problem. Many of us even add to the problem. Many of us even laugh at it as if it's no big deal. We think it's funny. We think it's normal. Now we're developing a generation of dad bashing. All of this started back in the 70s. We bring that mess to the 80s. Back then, fathers became object of jokes and ridicule. Along the way, society just pushed fathers to the side. Translation, we marginalize them. They're no longer important. And then media, they saw an opportunity to cash in on that. They're always looking for sensation where they can make money. And they begin to to fire up the idea, you don't need them. They're a bunch of jokes. Some of you even send uh, greeting cards or Father's Day cards to make fun of fathers. As if all they know how to do is watch TV, change channel, and drink beer. And the devil is taking over. Think about it. When was the last time you saw fathers? being portrayed as a hero, be it on your TV, be it on commercials, TV ads. You know why? Because fathers have become a laughing stock. And unfortunately, children see all of that, so they begin to laugh with us. And the result, ladies and gentlemen, fathers are not respected. Fathers are not revered. They are not celebrated. At best, they are tolerated. I happen to be an officer of the court. More than 30 years ago, when I was in law school, you know what? We were, we, there's a doctrine, a little doctrine, a legal doctrine called tender years doctrine. You know what that means? They don't even think of fathers in court. When a child is in their tender year, just, just give it to mama. Forget the father. So even the legal system discriminates against the father. This may shock you. Not until late in these 80s does fathers have a chance for real joint custody in our legal system. So the system is against it. 
The culture is against it. The media is against it. And the Bible says, fathers are foundation. And if the foundation is messed up, what can the righteous do? Today I come to remind all of us that fathers are of great value. Are you listening to me? Don't take the role of your father lightly. Fathers are a central figure to any child's identity. Let me point out, just because I strongly advocate for fatherhood, that don't mean we don't recognize the importance of mothers. It takes two of them. Are you listening to me? Celebrating fatherhood does not diminish the role of mothers. Ladies and gentlemen, researchers have found out that children with fathers involvement, they have strong cognitive motor skills. Children that have strong father roots, they have physical and mental elevation. But better off with your father in your life makes you better off. I see so many children with big dreams, great vision. Do you know the absence of a father can mess all that up? Children that have strong father attachment, research shows they are better problem solvers. They are more confident in themselves. They are more curious and they are more empathetic. You know one thing that gets me so passionate about some of these things? We've been knowing about all this data all this research for years and years. You would think by now we'll be doing better, but fatherlessness is actually on the uprise. Things are getting worse. That bothers me. And I may be the lonely voice in the neighborhood, but that's all right. I have to do what God sent me to do. Why are we having this problem? Well, for the sake of time, I'll tell you two primary reasons why fatherlessness is becoming a crisis in this country. Number one, divorce. Yes, I said it. Ladies and gentlemen, every 13 seconds in America, somebody is getting a divorce. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say 13 minutes. Seconds. The first cases are so big in the courthouse now, we have to create a separate court just for the first to keep up. Currently, more than 40% of all babies born in America are born out of wedlock. That's the number two problem. Out of wedlockers. 
These are no accidental birth. Babies don't come by accident. The devil is alive. People knowingly bringing forth a child with no father in their life. The legal system is so messed up, they even allow a woman to get pregnant and go to the hospital and don't even mention anything about the father. In fact, you don't even have to mention the father's name on the birth certificate. That's the law, not just in Louisiana, in every state of the union. You want to talk about civil rights? I'll tell you, that's civil rights. Kids growing up, they don't even know who their father is. Fathers growing up, raising children that doesn't even belong to them. million babies every year born in this kind of situation. You know why I'm so passionate about this? I thank God for the opportunity to do things in this community. Some of you will say, yeah, I know him. He's a lawyer. Some will say, no, he's a pastor. Some will say, no, He's a television evangelist. Some would say, no, he's a college professor. Some would say, no, 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 he's the dean. But all of that don't worth a dime. The most important thing in my life, beside knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, is being a dad. It's a calling. And those of you who are children, the Bible says, honor your father. So that it will be well with you. So that you'll be able to live long. Too many people die before their time. Because they dishonor their own father. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to bring back respect for our fathers. Did you hear what I said? It's time for us to bring back honor for our fathers. It's time for us to bring back dignity. Some of my children, they were were asking me one day, Daddy, name it. What do you want for Father's Day? Honestly, I try to think about it. I don't need anything. What can you give me? I can pay my own bills. I can buy my own shoe. You're going to cool? Goodness gracious. What restaurant I can go to that I cannot pay my bill? But the most important thing that you turn out to be a good child, not Jesus. For yourself. I give you wings to fly like an eagle. So you can make something happen for your own self. It's not in nickels and dimes. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring honor. That's what a father need. Honor. Respect. 
dignity. That's much more than silver and gold. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says if anybody dishonor their father, you are in essence dishonoring your source. You are dishonoring your sustainer. God sent somebody. God is not jealous of any daddy. He is the, the ultimate dad. He sent somebody in your life to be a foundation. Don't dishonor him. And, and mothers, I beg you. I know some of these fathers, they do crazy things. I am prophet myself. I am a man under construction. I'll be honest with you, if you push me now between hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, I'm going to curse you out. That's the God, of, that's why people don't talk much to me. Under construction. But you, you honor the call upon his life. Mothers, do everything within your power to connect the, the children with their father. I know Brother Baba no good. I know Brother Baba is jack leg, do nothing. But he brought those babies. Give him an opportunity to sustain it. You know what we do in the legal system? When a father cannot pay child support, you know, then we label him. We label fathers deadbeat. Our society is screwed up. You're listening to me. We need to make changes. Somebody better be glad I wasn't elected. The whole legislature will be in uproar. Righteousness must be brought back to this nation. In every level of government. How do you expect something good to come out of somebody you label him as deadbeat? We need to bring honor back. The father is like the root of a tree. And if the root is rotten, the whole tree is rotten. Are you listening to me? If the root of a tree is contaminated, every fruit that comes out of that tree That is why David wrote in Psalms 11. You go beyond that verse 3. You go to verse number 4. He said this is what we need to do. He asked the question, if the foundation is messed up, what can the righteous do? And verse 4 said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let all men be silent before him. Right wing, left wing, you don't know nothing. Let's go back to God. That's what the righteousness to do. And when we do things and we line up our life with the word of God 
and get out of all this foolishness. Who is Baptist? Who is Methodist? Who is Catholic? Who is Church of God in Christ? Who is Baptist number one, missionary two, missionary four? He just stink. Let all men be liars. Let God be true. Fathers, if you have not been doing that before, step up. Accept the call of God upon your life. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I get it. I want to do better as a father. You're the one that God sent me to. Maybe your mother say, Pastor, I'm dealing with a difficult situation. But I promise God, I will do everything I can to connect the children with their father. Maybe you don't even deserve it. But there comes a time when you sacrifice your own interest and put the interests of your children ahead of you. There is no greater love than for any person to put his life a sacrifice for others. Before we leave today, I want to invite somebody to Jesus Christ. See, my passion for subject like this is rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ, all of this is just another meeting. And not just those of you who are here. Maybe you're watching on television. Maybe you're live streaming. And you say, Pastor, I want to be a part of this. There's a number under the screen. There are ministers of the gospel that I have trained to pray with you. It's a toll-free number. Dial that number. Let somebody agree with you. Let somebody celebrate with you. Let somebody rejoice with you of your decision to do better. And God will honor you for that. Before we leave, brothers and sisters, if you have come today to bless God with your giving, after this service is over, there's going to be an offering plate at the back of the church. I encourage you to give. You say, Pastor, why should I give? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your substance. Honor the Lord with the first fruit of your increase. Verse number 10, so that your barns will be filled with plenty. You know, I want you to be speaking, to be hanging in the club of the plenty. You can't be going from payday to payday for the rest of your life. How do you get out of that rat race? Honor the Lord with your substance. Honor the Lord with the first fruit of your increase. He said so that you will have new wines. New wines. Maybe you're watching, you say, Brother Pastor, I'm not in the building. How do I give? Well, we have a website, zionhill.com. You can go to that website. There's an opportunity for online giving. And I can assure you, 
If you believe the hand of the Lord is upon this ministry, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, I thank God when I read about you, watching in Germany, watching in South America, I say, look at God raising up a ministry in a little town called Pineville. We want you to be a part of what God is doing here. Give as the Lord enable you. And may God bless you till we meet again. Please help me welcome our worship team one more time. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Before we leave today and before we tune off, we want to prophesy over you and tell you that no matter what you're going through, trouble won't last always. So I want you to look at somebody and say, neighbor, trouble don't last always. Tell somebody else, say, I don't know what you're going through, but just believe trouble won't last always. I have a message. Have a message just for you. Come on, say it's in his word. It's in his yeah. word. And it really doesn't matter what, you're, doesn't going matter what you're going through. Because listen, I know the Lord will see you through. So we want to encourage you and say, trouble don't last. Come on, clap your hands with us. Say, trouble don't last always. Tell somebody else, say, don't last. Trouble don't last always. We want to speak over you one more time. Say, I've got a message. And it's in his word, I know it's true. It's in his word, I know it's true. And it doesn't really matter what you're going through. Or whatever it looks like, I know the Lord will see you through. I want to encourage you and prophesy and say, trouble don't last. Say, trouble don't last always. It won't last always. It won't last. What joy is gonna come? Joy when will it come? In the Say we've been made, but joy. Come on, one more time. Say we've been made, endure, but joy is gonna come in the morning. That's what the Bible says. Say we've been made. Say, don't last. Come on, y'all can sing the whistle. Say, trouble don't last always. You have a God that's higher than any demon. Come on, we gotta go higher. Say trouble don't last always. We're so grateful that it won't Be encouraged, my brother. Be encouraged, my sister.
to wind, you're too far from the state.